Welcome to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. You'll learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness and explore the deeper knowledge within. Welcome home. Now here's your host, Dr. Kelly Neff. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Dr. Kelly Neff, and you are listening to Lucid Planet Radio on Transformation Talk Radio. Stay with us for the next hour and let us help you experience healing, inspiration, and knowledge the first Wednesday of every month. You can also stream all of our past podcasts for free on thelucidplanet.com, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Just search for The Lucid Planet or Lucid Planet Radio. And you can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Dr. Kelly Neff. Um, well, welcome to, to the show today. Um, it's April Fool's, first of all, if you're listening live. So if you haven't realized that yet, I encourage you to not take everything you see on social media or the news too seriously today. And to be completely honest, maybe that should go for every day. Um, today's show is really just here to check in with you and make sure we're all taking good care of our mental and physical health and wellness during the coronavirus um, seriously, though, what's happening right now in the world is just so unprecedented and unfathomable that it's really leaving many of us in shock, not to mention the stress and the worry over our finances, our health and our loved ones. I am going into day 22 of quarantine, and so it's over three weeks. And yes, you know, I've had Tiger King memes and eating Nutella with a spoon to help get me through this. <laughs> but obviously, you know, that's not really enough. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty in the world, and social isolation is definitely starting to take a toll on many of us, myself included. I mean, does anyone else? just really miss getting a hug from their friends. <laughs> now, we don't know how long this is going to last. And my hope is that by the time you hear this podcast, it will be over. But if you're listening live, you know, who knows if this will be the case? Who knows what's going to happen? Clearly, if the last month is any indication, we have no idea what's going on um, in the world. and We can't predict what's going to happen. Um, so more importantly, though, we just need to remember there is no roadmap for dealing with this and you are dealing with it the best you can and you are enough. Um, now, as a mental health professional myself, we know that social isolation is truly a silent killer. Um, it can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to a host of other negative health outcomes. So during this time, we have to be vigilant about working with these feelings of depression and anxiety and learning to sit with them and learning to manage our time in a way that we can still kind of create some semblance of reality. Um, and of course, you know, we need to make sure we connect with people via FaceTiming or talking on the phone. 
we have to keep building and maintaining those social ties and those relationships because they are important to our well-being. Um, we also have a lot of issues with how do we juggle everything going on from, you know, suddenly parents are homeschooling their children in addition to either working from home or if they're essential, still going to work or learning and studying and taking exams themselves from home. So this is a lot to take on. Um, and I also, if we have time today, we'll talk about how the quarantine is pushing our sexualities and our sexual identities even deeper into the digital age where we don't really require another human to experience sex anymore. Um, now, all that aside, I have a lot of my own thoughts on this, and I'm delighted to discuss some of these today with Julia King, who is joining us all the way from the UK today. Now, Julia is a registered nurse, and she has an extensive background in nursing, counseling, and psychotherapy. Her specialist subjects are relationship, mental health issues, and eating disorders. She was a school counselor for five years, helping 11 to 18-year-old girls, many of whom had problems related to their parents' relationship issues. Um, she's very pro-safeguarding children and vulnerable adults, and she has also worked as a specialist at a, as a women's center um, where referrals came from all walks of life. So I think she's going to have some great insight for us on how to take better care of ourselves, how to practice radical self-acceptance, and how to kind of weather the storm and be supportive to the other people in our lives. So let's please welcome Julia to the show. Hi, Julia. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Dr. Kelly. Thanks very much for having me. Um, how are you holding up in the UK at the moment? How are things? Yeah, well, over here, we are a bit behind in, in the things that we've been doing. So it's, we're only in lockdown for about a week now. Um, and like you said, you know, in your in, in your intro there, we are feeling the same things, although maybe for not as long as yet. But, you know, that isolation and that disconnection is really taking its toll. And particularly, you know, if you're on your own, you know, that that's really, really hard. But at the same time, if you're suddenly finding, you know, you're with your partner 24-7 or you've got the children around 24-7, that in itself is, is really you know, you, you really haven't to uh, have a look at how you're going to deal with everything when it's not just you anymore and you've got everybody expecting a lot from you. So there's a lot of challenges out there right now. There really is. I think one of them, too, is just straight individual differences, right? So I'm an extrovert. Yeah. And uh, my partner um, and my roommate are both, you know, Capricorn introverts. And they're almost annoyed because they can't even get their quiet time, right? Like they're, I think the introverts are waiting for the extroverts to leave so they can have what they're used to, yeah. which is being at home. And the extroverts are just kind of freaking out, wanting to leave, but they can't. Um, can we talk about like how these personality types might be affecting the way that we cope? Yeah, sure. Well, funny enough, actually, Dr. Kett, I'm a Capricorn too. So, um, <laughs> and, and I, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? And, you know, maybe I'm a, you know, a bit of both. Might be like we all are in some ways, but I totally get where you're coming from because that introvert is looking for that, you know, that me space. And, I, and, and then if you've got, like you said, the extrovert who's actually feeling so trapped because they actually can't get out and they're needing mm -hmm. that extra stimulation, it's a really hard combination. So my philosophy, as I'm sure you'll agree, is always about communication and about yes. talking about these things and talking it out and coming to some sort of agreement whereby you facilitate both both of you. Uh, and that's the best you can do, I think, in all situations when it comes down to relationships. So, you know, if you need personal space, you've got to ask for it. Or if you can, you know, before, I'm afraid we're in it now, so maybe we didn't get a chance to do this. 
But I would have said, look, you know, talk about the possibility that you're going to be spending more time around each other and talk about your differences. You know, what makes you different? What traits do you have that, you know, you like about each other and sometimes you might not like? But the fact is, how are you going to accommodate those? And so if you haven't had a chance to do that and you're already there right now, then I would say, right, let's make some, maybe rules is a bit of a too harsh a word, but the fact is you put maybe little boundaries in place that says, look, I need this time. When I need it, I ask for it. When I ask for it, please don't resent it, because I think sometimes resentment and frustration can so easily come out of a situation like this. It's true, and and I feel like it will be accelerated and magnified because everything is focused on the people in the home right now. So you yeah. can, you don't have the distraction that you're used to having. You have to share the space. You're constantly reminded. And then that feeling of being imprisoned can kind of be exacerbated even more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that, but, but on the flip side, let's just say this, if, if people are able to kind of communicate and negotiate and share more of themselves with their partners and their roommates and their family, and their loved ones, this could actually lead to better outcomes for the relationship in the future. I totally agree. I um, I wrote something last week, exactly that, Dr. Kelly, about the fact that if you handle this correctly, you could become closer than ever. You could have a Mm. better understanding of each other. And and out of this comes good. And, you know, out of situations that we're dealing with right now and how challenging they are, how brilliant is it if that can be the case that out of all of this, good will come. And I think, I don't know about you over there in the US, but over here, we are we are connecting with each other much more than we ever did. You know, people are putting notes through the door saying, look, if you need any help, let me know. Mm, I saw... Yeah, I saw the meme of what it, I think it was from the UK. It's it was very British. It was like, what is the name of the black and white spotted cat? Like on, a note on the window, and then the next day it was like Walter. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but it's like, you know, people are talking to their neighbors when they maybe wouldn't even talk to their neighbors before, yeah. and they're passing notes to their neighbors. Um, and you mentioned, you know, that closeness. I think one of the things that for me as a social psychologist that is so fascinating is the kind of the virtual communication, replacing yeah. or compensating for physical closeness. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's something you're experiencing or that you can speak to, but I'm definitely yeah. seeing, you know, a lot of that. No, I, uh, yeah, it's something that I have a real um, dislike of to some degree because so much has gone on, you know, in the digital world, <clears throat> excuse me, and the social media and all of that sort of thing. But I don't know about you, but I just think we're, beca- we're becoming dehumanized because as human beings, we, you know, we want to attach. You know, it's a mm-hmm. fundamental part of us being a human and we want to connect. And we don't want to do it by virtual means. We actually really want to do face-to-face because, you know, reading expressions, you know, understanding emotions, I think for young people, and as you know, you, you said, you know, I've worked with young people a lot. One of the biggest yeah. things I found was that they were having such difficulty um, in understanding, the, and also not just on the understanding, but I think getting so affected by, you know, Facebook and whether they had 10 likes or no likes or one like in the morning and none in the afternoon. And the way it was actually affecting them was really negatively. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think now, I, I hope that in that connection, that 
seems to be, you know, accelerating, we can really, really help each other. That would be so good. It would be. And I think, like, it's just something that I've definitely struggled with in, in writing my book, Sex Positive, which is kind of about, like, the future of sex and how it's changing and some of the biggest problems with um, the dating world right now and mm. online dating and Tinder is that, you know, people are disposable and kind of dehumanized and we're diluting yeah. our ability to really f have a deep connection. Um, and when it comes to sexuality, too, it's, um, you know, the rise of, you know, sex toys and sex dolls. And I, of course, and again, from a sex positive perspective, I don't have a problem with this at all. But I think mm. it's interesting that we're moving away from sexuality is something that's that happens between two people to kind of more of yeah. an individual digital digisexual experience and that's kind of the yeah. way things are going and I do believe that this isolation is going to push it further right because we don't have accessibility to partners um, a yeah. lot of us or or we're afraid you know safe sex the, the New York City health guidelines specifically said the safest sex is with yourself right now yeah. um, and so However, so there's that one side of it, which it is dehumanizing and it is diluting, but it's all we have right now, a lot of us. And can we use this responsibly and in a way that it can't build our um, connections? Because I know for me, um, I got my, I know hopefully some of my homies are out there listening, you know, it does make me miss people more when I do see their face on the FaceTime because then I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I miss, you know, yeah. but we, you know, we do like some watch parties, we watch some live streams, we watch drag and we, you know, we talk and like, we, we all get up our screens and it is, it's definitely something that's happening where people are keeping in touch with their families that way. And maybe even when after this is over, they will keep doing it like with people who live far away that you don't get to see. And that would be something positive and staying in touch and maintaining relationships. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, totally. And, and I think just going back to what you said about the sex side of it. And um, so that, <clears throat> that, that, um, that sort of virtual side, you know, the thing about that is that you're connecting to something, as we know, that really isn't real. And what, what you forget here, what, what, what is forgotten, is actually we are not just the physical, but we're the emotional as well. And the mm -hmm. mental. You know, we've got the mental, the, we've got the mind, the body, and the soul. We've got all of those going on. And yet, on that set side of it, where it becomes down to the virtual side, you're putting it all into the physicality. Yes, the mind comes into it. But that's such a fantasy. You're not getting the reality of it. You're playing it out. And I think, mm -hmm. that, you know, I, um, I am like you, really concerned about that. Because the more that happens, and we know how sex is such a, you know, such a powerful emotion in itself. But if you're detaching that from the feelings, the real feelings about somebody else is actually real, I just wonder where that's going to lead us to. I do too. Well, I think where it's leading us is sex robots, AI sex robots that we can turn yeah. them on and off. People, I mean, the Pew Research Center, Ian Pearson, a bunch of futurists have predicted that in the next 10 to 20 years, we will be having sex with, falling in love with, and even marrying our sex robots. Mm -hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like this fear of connect, this like repulsion of, of other people and human contact that's being conditioned and ingrained into us because of coronavirus is going to push that even farther. We're gonna actually maybe see an acceleration in the desire for people to have non-human, non-alive machine mm -hmm. sex partners. So it's gonna be an interesting, it's interesting. And again, I have a whole chapter of, in my book, uh, Sex Positive, about that particular topic, if that's something that you're into. I know it's not for everyone. Um, 
But I want to, I want to change gears. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I want to keep talking about that, but there's something else that, um, I've had a couple of the listeners write into that they wanted to talk about. I think we should return to this virtual communication a little later. Um, but what I want to talk about is the core emotion that we're all experiencing right now, I think is grief. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fear. Do you think, Dr. Kelly, as well? I'm fear. And fear. Grief and fear and, and yeah. uncertainty. And they're all tied together. Right? Very and um, so. as, a, as a mental health professional yourself and as someone who's kind of a nurse and been there and seen this, what is your advice for people who have lost a loved one, either for coronavirus or something else, and they can't grieve. They they can't have a funeral. They can't can you know they can't go hug their family. How can people? Because this is going to become I think in the next coming weeks a common occurrence. You can't visit your loved ones in the hospital even if there's not coronavirus because they're not letting anybody in. Or if it is coronavirus, you definitely can't be with them in their final moments, and then you can't go to a funeral. This is like traumatizing. And it's a scary thing that that fear is is very real. How can people kind of cope with that um, potential, or if it does happen to them, what advice do you have? I think that it is the most unbelievable and incredibly difficult situation to deal with. The loss, the loss, not being not being able to grieve doesn't allow that person to fully experience what's actually what's actually happened to them. And the shock of it all as well, particularly if it's related to the coronavirus, because it's all happened so quickly. Yeah. So I think what you, what that person has got to do is, I mean, 100% seek, seek the support from people that can just hold you. I think being held in that moment to just be allowed to be and allowed to feel, if you can feel, you know, when the shock is so, so prevalent at this particular time, but also that, excuse me, if you have, well, if you have that that picture of somebody, that physical picture in your hand, and you're holding them close, and you just mm-hmm. hold them to you, I think until a time when you can actually be given that space and time to to start to grieve, I personally think holding on is not a bad thing right now. And a lot of people say with grief comes the letting go. But I can't see how you can let go when the process yeah. isn't allowing you to let go. So I think yeah. it's fair to say, I don't know whether you agree, Dr. Kerr, but I think in this situation, which is unbelievable and, and we've never faced it before, not one of my lifetime, but you've got to hold on and hold that person close to you until, until there's, well until space is allowed, I think. I don't know what you think, I think about that. but I actually think that's really good advice um, because, again, the grieving and the mourning process, we're kind of conditioned by a society that, that, you know, how we should go through it. And, of course, many of us are already familiar with the five stages of, of grief that we're told that we go through, which in psychology, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler, it's denial, mm-hmm. anger, yeah. bargaining, yeah. depression, yeah. And acceptance. And Kessler's added a six, which is finding meaning or learning the lesson. Um, and of course, the, the thing about this is that this is not linear. This is circular. So we're going to be going through these emotions. So I think that people who are grieving right now, they're going to be bouncing through or around these stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, mm-hmm. and acceptance. And yeah. 
it's good for their loved ones. I think it's good to communicate that to their loved ones. And maybe if you're out there and you're just grieving the fact that, I mean, for example, um, not, not the loss of a loved one, but the loss of an entire summer of really dope shows potentially that our company was going to throw awake in the night. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, yeah. we just had our whole April canceled and probably May too. And who knows about summer. And so there's a grieving process there too, of all these plans that we've made that will not happen. Or you had your weddings, I know people's weddings been canceled, yeah. you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. That's also grieve worthy. Um, yeah. And really any, this whole end of life, our, our jobs, we're losing our jobs, you know, 32% unemployment or something crazy. So that's also, so realizing you're going through these emotional stages and realizing that other people in your life, even the people you're cohabiting or quarantining with might be in a different phase of those emotional stages. And you might be like, why are you so depressed? I'm so angry, or I don't even want to believe this is happening. Or if we can just flatten the curve, it'll be okay. That's bargaining. And I hope it's yeah. true, <laughs> but that's yeah. still bargaining. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, I think also in a situation like that, and this is really hard to do, but you know how acceptance gives us some relief, doesn't it, when you can accept something. But when you're asking someone to accept what's just happened about losing a loved one through a virus that, you know, it's just that here's, here's one minute and gone the next, it's so, so hard to do. But what you can do, I think, in the moment is accept how you feel in the moment. You know, accept yes. that this is all part of it. And that others around you, you know, I suppose, again, you know, Dr. Kelly, we're back, we're back to communication again, aren't we? You know, and asking yes. for what you need and don't be afraid to ask for it. Because the more yes. you can get those words out, the better. Even if sometimes you're so angry, you're shouting them out. It doesn't matter. Whatever you need to do to get through this, you know, this really, really awful time, you've got to be allowed to do it. And what you don't need is somebody saying, oh, come on now, you know, stop that or, you know, I've had enough of this. Let and it all go. All those other negative thing. things. You just need them. Be by your side. Be by that person's side. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes to caregivers as well and support people, you know, people who are supporting their loved ones as well, which is if your loved one is grieving and going through this again, it's, you're not going to, you can't like cheer them up. <laughs> you're not going to be, I mean, you might be able to cheer them up with a little, like something small, but this isn't going to go away. We all have to hold space. We have to give each other a wide berth and the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways to get through this. Yeah. And yeah, even, yeah. And, you know, I think that goes especially to, um, I know you're, you're kind of an expert in this kind of stuff, which is when, um, you or the people in your life, your loved ones, um, your cohabitors are anxious or depressed is how do we help ourselves with the anxiety and depression and how do we help others? Cause I mean, if you're not anxious or depressed right now, like you, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think everyone is experiencing some degree of anxiety and or depression right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think that. If, you, if you're feeling sort of anxiety and depression in a certain context for the, for the first time, that also is, is, a, is a little bit, bit, bit like being in sort of no man's land. Well, how do I cope with this? I think first and foremost is, that, again, acknowledging how you feel, but then thinking about yourself. And think about the things that actually do give you some sort of sense of peace and calm. So, for instance, you know, is there a particular type of music that you like? I mean, do you never have the time to draw or to color? I mean, is this something that you enjoy doing, but because of other things, 
You've never had the time, but now you've got so much time in your hands, you don't know what to do with it. You know, you, do you want to write something? I mean, we, um, we mm-hmm. my, my uh, co-author, Jackie, that you mentioned right at the beginning of the show, you know, we wrote this book called My Freedom Diary and Journal, and mm-hmm. that was really about trying taking somebody to dealing with emotional pain or difficulties, anxiety, depression, on a step-by-step process, day-by-day. And we started it off, and I do think this is a good thing to do because it's quite motivating, is that you start your day off by acknowledging how you feel. So the first little bit's like, today I am. And then the Mm. next paragraph will be, today I will, because you've got to take some sort of action if you're going to, you know, get yourself going. And at the end of the day, you say, today I have. So there's your accountability for the action you said you took, you wanted to take. And, and and at the end, right at the end of the day, you actually say a little word of gratitude, whatever you might be thankful for in that day. And I think if you can find gratitude mm. on a daily basis, something to be thankful for in all of this chaos and all of these difficult feelings, then that gives you a sense of calm, a sense of hope. And we do have that. I mean, for me, it's definitely memes and Tiger King memes and digital drag shows and live streams. And what's interesting about that, because like I find myself just laughing hysterically at my phone. And it, but it's something that a lot of other people are sharing. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's another part of it. There's also something to be said for that individual expression of identity, of that going deep into a project um, and even a, a big project, something that, you know, is a long-term type of project or a l- shorter one, like a poem, you know, or a puzzle yeah. or, you yeah. know, something like that. And I also believe it flow state thing where, you know, you know, this, this Mikhail Shasek Mahal flow, the idea of being immersed in an activity for an activity state is a very calming and soothing thing for our brain it actually allows our brain to kind of drop out of the stress waves and into more calming waves and then time goes by quickly because I know a lot of us are trying to kill time until Mm. we get you know back to life but I I I did that for like a week and I feel at this point because this is going to last at least another month in the U.S. maybe two who knows maybe by some miracle it'll be less killing time for that long is not really going to make you feel that good. I don't think, I think at some point have giving yourself something to do, or if you're anxious, giving yourself something to control. So something small Mm -hmm. to control, like organize and clean the crap out of your house. Or if your house is too much and that makes you anxious, your office or just this cupboard in the kitchen and just take complete control over that because a lot of that anxiety is about having no control over the world right now. And we don't. So don't over, don't go stock up on all the toilet paper. Like you don't need to do that. (laughs) Just save some for everyone else. But I think like you say with, with anxiety and things, you know, you you need to feel safe, don't you? You want to feel that safety in in a situation whereby it's so uncertain. There's so much of a known out there and you, you know, and you can't control it. So, you know, the need for safety, need that, that safety feeling is so important. And you, you, most people somewhere in their lives have their comfort zone. And you've got to find that and actually make the most of it, I think. And I also believe that having some sort of routine is essential. When you've got yeah. nothing to do all day, it's so easy to stay in bed. 
you know, you might stay in your pajamas or your dressing gown because what's the point? You can't go out, so why, you know, why make the effort? Mm. And I think you really have to be quite disciplined with yourself. And there are basic things, you know, for all of us that we need to do, and that is, you know, we need to really try and eat as well as we can. You know, the environment that we're living in around our house or apartment or whatever, try and make, you know, make this your opportunity to tidy up, put things in its place. Clear out the stuff, you know, clear out the stuff so your mind's clearer. And and try and find some distraction that you feel is really going to give you those good feelings. Definitely, you know, think about your health. Think about exercise, even if it's just like running on the spot, do something. And if you can, Mm -hmm. just open the window and see a tree or see something in nature. It will give you that feeling of belonging, you know, belonging to the world. And, yes. and then, of course, you've got all the other sort of mindfulness things of the, the deep breathing and all of that that goes with it to just trying to calm down that adrenaline and make us feel more safe. Yeah, um, like, you know, five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can yeah. hear, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think, you know, for me, at least what's been keeping me sane is kind of because I have, I'm naturally a little bit manic. <laughs> my people out there already know that. Um, <laughs> so I, I like chunking my time into intervals. Cause yeah, when there's just this like span of time, the desire just to become a slug on the couch goes way up. Right. Yes. So 30 minute interval. I'm like to work with 30 minute intervals. So I like 30 minutes I'll FaceTime with someone 30 minutes outside every day, if, unless it's like snowing. And even then I'll still probably walk outside and then 30 minutes of exercise, whether I'm weightlifting or doing hit cardio. Um, I also, I have, um, the Peloton app is free right now for 90 oh, yeah. days. We're all yeah. doing, if you're, if you're around at four o'clock mountain time today is a 45 minute hip hop fun yoga class that me and the girls are going to get on. If you're, if you're listening, jump on that with everyone. So it's like these collective experiences where, where you see other people doing it with you gives you that feeling that you're not alone, that you're being supported. Um, and hydrate, hydrate yeah. so much, you know, yeah. I know there's a temptation to like sit at home and drink all day. And actually, I, I mean, I've done it. I've sat at home and drank all day and I stayed up till 5.00 AM. I've like already experimented during my three weeks and none of this was good for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems like a good idea, but you feel worse. It just makes you feel yeah. worse. Um, yeah. You know, and but, yeah. but that is something I want to talk to you about, um, Julia, because, you know, you worked with um, girls with eating disorders and body image stuff. I think yeah. body body positivity right now is going to be a real struggle for some people. And here's why, you know, between not getting the outside time or the exercise time at the gym, between, um, you know, the reinforcement we get when we do get all dressed up, makeup high heels, mm-hmm. nails, everything that we use like as the mask of our self-esteem, at least for me, like it's gone. Like I'm pale. I have no nails. My, I have my roots yeah. hanging out. I'm not wearing any makeup. And for me, it's kind of like a spiritual return to myself. I feel kind of yeah. good about it. But I think, yeah. um, but again, like I've been through a lot of my own struggles already that I've kind of started to deal with. But And then, of course, there's the thing of boredom snacking that is happening. We got Mm -hmm. they told us we got all these supplies and then everyone's just like at home snacking. How can we stay body positive even in the face of maybe our bodies will change during this? Our appearance will change. How do we stay positive? Okay. well, I think, again, you've you've got to accept this is a different time and accept the limitations that you have. You know, rather than get all frustrated about them, 
for another way of looking at it is also it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice mm-hmm. if you don't want to put makeup on or get dressed or whatever else it yeah. might be. But along with that choice comes that feeling behind it, which is, ah, oh, I just can't be bothered. What's the point? And that what's the point and I can't be bothered is so negative that it just really, you, you end up feeling really quite low and rubbish about yourself. And that's the last thing you need to, to feel right now. So mm-hmm. I'm a big advocate. I don't know what you think of this, but I am a, a, a big advocate of standing in front of the, in the mirror and actually saying to yourself, I matter. Yes. Because oh, my gosh, totally. I, yeah, and I, I, I'm going to keep on repeating it to yourself. And look at yourself while you're doing it. I matter. I matter. And the more you say I matter, the more it gives you a sense of, of, of a powerful feeling and acknowledgement that you actually do matter because you do. And in mattering, it means you've got to matter about yourself to the extent whereby you want to look after yourself. And that is looking after yourself as much as internally as it is externally. So maybe you want to set yourself a challenge to say, okay, I'm not going to put makeup on for a week. Normally I do because I don't like to face the outside world without it. Or, you know, somebody's going to look at me and and make some negative comments. Well, right now, you don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks. You're in the house, whether you're with your, you know, your family or you're not. You're there. They know what you look like without makeup or getting dressed up. So just accept that. You don't need <laughs> to do If they didn't, it. they do now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and just let's, have a, let's, let's concentrate on the, on the inside me, you know, on the inside you that actually matters. And have a think about, so what, well, who am I really? You know, what do I like? What do I yes. need? You know, what can I do? What talents have I got? What food do I like? And start to build up a profile of yourself. And each time you build up that profile, you're thinking, I matter. I really matter. I want to do the best for myself. And I've been given the time and space to do it, to concentrate just on me. Now, yes. I know some people out there might be saying, well, that's great. But I've got two children. I'm homeschooling them. You know, I'm running yes. ragged. Where's the time for me? And yes. you know, there is a time when even if it's five minutes or ten minutes in the day, and you go to the bathroom and you sit there and you just close your eyes and you, you know, you get a really solid feeling with your feet on the floor. You feel the ground beneath you, and you just close your eyes, hold onto your wrist, or put your palm onto your heart. Take some really deep breaths. And just breathe it all away. And you can do that. You know, you might, somebody say, why do you keep running to the bathroom all the time? (laughs) It doesn't really matter what I'm doing there. But trust yep. me, it's working for me, you know? Well, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that that is something that no one's really talking about. I don't have children, but I have friends who do. And dealing with children during this time and dealing with the time management of having that extra responsibility on top of many of us also, you know, school and work from home and kids, um, I think to a certain extent we have to expect behavioral problems from children because this is a massive shift in their routine. They're not getting the socialization and kind of the play that they normally would. Um, how are there, do you have any advice for kind of how to be there for children, either your own children or children in your family? Yes. I would say that with young children whereby you can still maybe advocate um, a reward system. So your little star and a child or whatever it might be. I think that can really help in this situation. 
routine is absolutely crucial. And I think you all would help to actually write out a timetable. You know, do it almost like at school because the children need to know what they're doing. If they haven't got that structure, then they're going to be run right all over the place. And whoever's trying to, you know, school them, um, uh, do parent schooling and all of that is going to be so frustrated. The tensions are going to run high. And before you know it, it's going to be off the scale. So you've got yeah. to have structure and you've got to have a routine. And don't let the children push you from it. Keep keep the time scale of those lessons if you're homeschooling. Keep them relatively short and give, you know, activity breaks in between and then do it again. So you're actually, you know, you're giving time for the mind and time for the body, but you're not saturating either. And also have a break for yourself too where the children go, okay, now it's your playtime and I'm going to go and have a cup of coffee because you'll need it too. Yes. And set up some sort of reward system as well. So, that, you know, say they do two hours in, they've had a bit of a break and whatever else, and they get some sort of reward. So there's a reason for them to do it. But I can't tell you how much structure is absolutely necessary in this situation. Yeah. I mean, it, and, I, and we know that kids do respond well to some level of structure and discipline. And I think at first... Even with the humans and the adults, <laughs> the humans, yes. sorry, yes, no, um, no. because, you know, it can feel like screw it. You know, we don't know what day it is. It doesn't matter. Let's, you know, whatever, just giving up on life. But again, like it's not sustainable. If it was a week of this, then maybe you could get away. It's like a vacation. But if this is the new normal, then we have to hold space to grieve the loss of our past normal and to create whatever this new normal is going to be in a healthy and balanced way. Yeah. Um, one, you know, it's just tough. It is hard. I mean, I think that we've got to be fair about this to all of us, no matter what age or where we are in life. But we all need time out right now. We all need time out, particularly if we are in family situations or challenging caring situations or anything like that. We all need time out and we need to be mindful of that for each other. So yes. that, say you're with a family right now and the children, you've got to say to them, look, you know, it's mum's time out or dad's time out right now. You go and, you know, do go and play with whatever and don't disturb us for five minutes. Here's the clock. When it gets to two, you know, ten minutes, up, then come and let us know. But everybody's mm-hmm. going to need their time and space right now. And it's going to be a challenge but it's one that can definitely be worked out if it's a, if it's approached in the right way. And it it, yeah, and I think it's harder to start something like that if you start in a different way. But let's be fair, you know, everybody's finding their feet right now in this situation, and we've all got to also understand that some things are going to trigger us. One person yeah. might be triggered by something and get angry and another person's really placid. Understanding each other, having give and take, and mm-hmm. finding space in the day for ourselves, hopefully is going to get us through with the distraction yeah. that's positive for us and, and, and yeah. attitude, you know? Absolutely. And, like, you know, just going off based off what you're saying, I have so many thoughts, but uh, first of all is, you know, mom and dad need mom and dad time, right? 
or mom and mom or dad and dad or whoever, we all need that time. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, there's going to be all these babies born nine months from now. And they're going to be the the quarantennials and Rona's. But I'm like, look, are they? Because like, how are mom and dad going to get some time for mom and dad? You know, when they have kids around all the time. Right. So that's going to be tricky. And then also that was, so that was my first thought, which kind of made me laugh. And then my second thought um, is more about space and the idea of, of building space for ourselves, because that's kind of how we are. You know, we live in a physical world and when we create physical spaces, it can help to chunk our time and break up our day and give us that privacy. So, for example, um, like building a fort for the kids and that's their that can be their little chill spot. Or for me, I have a chair by the window with my blanket and, you know, I put my mm. tea on the table you know, and for my partner, he would never played video games ever. And now he like built a little mini man cave downstairs in the basement where he can like play video games on the different level away from me. And, you know, not all of us have the luxury of space, but even if, even if you have limited space, you can build little areas in the space that are people's areas, that this is my spot. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, do you know that space in your mind, you know, that space in your imagination, where sometimes you just got to take yourself to that place, that thought that where you are, you know, a time in your life when you are happy, a time in your life when you're having fun or laughter or something that gives you that warm feeling. There's a moment, you know, there's a moment in, in time that in your mind you can just take yourself to. But, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I've got a few friends who've got their husbands around for the first time. And boy, mm. oh boy, are they... <laughs> You know, you, yeah. you, do, you have to laugh because otherwise you cry <laughs> or you just well, yeah. shout because they are literally go, ah! you know, <laughs> when's he going to get back to work? I can't stand him being around, so I'm not too sure how many babies are going to be born. I know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be conflict at first, and then I think maybe you'll get used to each other. But yeah, if you're not used to spending that much time with your roommate, with your partner, with your family, and boom. Here you are, yeah. you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's yeah. I'm definitely, I'm noticing an influx, maybe uh, parents of teenagers out there can relate or teenagers themselves. Um, you know, we I live in Colorado, we have recreational cannabis is legal. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of teenagers out there who like can't use cannabis in their home. So every time I go for a hike on the trail behind my house, there's at least like 20 different groups of kids, like all smoking, smoking splits. <laughs> and I they all look imagine. at me and I'm like, I don't care. I'm good with it. Do your thing. It'll make you chill. You know, it, it's actually been deemed a uh, essential medical service in Colorado. Right. Um, cannabis. So, which I think is, you know, like if it, it can be very relaxing for people and like healing in a lot of ways. So, yeah. you know, and, but so have liquor stores. So go figure. Um, I wanted no, just to quickly touch on yeah. um, what um, we talked about anxiety. I want to talk a little bit about depression and yeah what to do if you're depressed and what not to do if you're depressed. Mm. I think depression is a real hard one because depression can just make you feel so isolated in that whole room of people because of how you feel. You know, everything becomes so internalized and that low feeling, that real, real low feeling. So, that, you know, that probably one of the worst things you can do right now is, is not be around people as much as you may feel like it. And I know that that's a massive challenge because... You probably don't want to talk or do anything or, you know, mix. It's even harder. But you've also got, you know, someone who's depressed has also got that fear at the core of them as well. And they're feeling out of control and they don't know what the hell's going on. So I think, you know, even if it, I think music, you see, Dr. Kelly, is such a powerful tool 
You know, mm. if you can, if you knew your job press, if you can just put some music on, just to listen to, um, or it, I, I do find depression very hard in terms of getting you to motivate yourself. So you know, you talked before about um, you're very good at, at chunks of time, thirty yeah. minutes here, thirty minutes there. I sometimes have found with people who are depression, they can't even. If you if you say fifteen minutes, it's too much for them. So I yeah. said, look, have you got a watch or have you got a clock? Right, I want to just think about five minutes. That's all, only five yeah. minutes. And in that five minutes, I just want you to do one thing. You know, mm. if you've piled the dishes up because you haven't washed them for weeks because you haven't had that motivation to do so, why don't you go and wash five cups, five mugs, something like that? And yeah. do it in very, very tiny, tiny time frames that can somehow just make you do something because there's nothing worse than doing nothing and yep. also you know if you've got access to the internet and you are feeling isolated alone there are lots of um and i'm sure there are in the u.s as well there are lots of um you know uh support networks for those who do suffer with depression and anxiety as well but try and keep up that connection in any way also yeah. animals if you've got an animal you know, don't forget they need to be looked after. And you yes. can get very insular, can't you, when you're depressed, and it's all about you. You know, try yeah. and look outside, outside yourself, but maybe use that clock in those five-minute things. Even if it's only five minutes, it's in an hour. It's five minutes is better than nothing than sitting in that chair or, or lying in that bed and doing nothing. Yep. That's really good advice. And the animal thing reminded me of something, too, which is, on a bigger level, like the animals are the best companions right now. And they're, if you have animals, they're probably so happy that you're home and yeah. they don't know. I've seen some memes of cats that are like, what are you doing in my home 24 hours a day? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so and you, there's, there are lots of opportunities to foster animals right now. A lot of like the shelters have to close because they're deemed non-essential or for various reasons. And they're looking all over. I know Loveland, Colorado is looking for, uh, people shelter some of their animals. Um, it's and and with that being said too, doing stuff to help other people. I know it's so counterintuitive, especially if you're depressed and anxious. But yeah. do something to help someone else. The, there are we're at a war right now with a virus, and the people on the front lines of the war are our our family members, our friends, our community. They're not trained soldiers. They're here. They they take care of people. And they yeah. need help. Yeah. A lot of them they need do. help. And there are things that you can do to kind of reach out and take care of the people, whether it's um, just donating masks to them if you have some or, you know, having some meals brought over to them that are, you know, <laughs> sanitized. Um, yeah. But, you know, th it's it's really important to kind of remember that we're all in this together and to yeah. reach out and do something positive for someone else. For sure, for sure, yeah, and, and reach out to something that that you can give something to, well, you know, just something, even like, I trying to keep a plant alive, you know, look after a plant, yeah. I mean, I know that yeah, might sound that. so simplistic, but you know what I mean, it's something that's saying, feed me, water me, keep me alive, and you know what it's like with depression, because you can feel so dead inside, but if you're actually keeping something else alive, then you're also keeping yourself alive too. And, I you know, that. in challenging times like this, you know, let's, let's all do what we can for each other, but also look after ourselves. 
It's so true. And also with that being said too, we're going into spring. This is a fantastic time to plant a garden, you know, especially if, you know, food is short or you don't want to go out to the store. Um, yeah, I mean, grow some vegetables, grow something healthy, be in the sun, creating something with nature. That actually sounds really good. Um, Julia, Julia King, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are just about out of time, but before we close today, I would love if you could tell our listeners, um, how to reach you. Yeah, we have a a website called Jules, J-U-L-E-S and Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-I, JulesandJackie.com. And I would like to offer your listeners um, a half-hour session of just talking and connecting with me. Um, If they'd like to to do that, then I would love to chat to them too. So if they want to do that, just uh, contact me on the JulesandJackie.com and uh, I'll definitely get back to them. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, I will also make sure to have that link on the uh, the text for this podcast when you find it on um, iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, that's it from Lucid Planet Radio for this week. But thank you everyone for tuning in in these crazy, amazing times, <laughs> amazingly crazy times. <laughs> I hope that this gave you a little bit of peace of mind and something to think about. And um, Julie, again, thank you for you know, reaching out all the way from the UK and sending love and virtual hugs to everyone out there. We're going to get through this. Okay. So yeah. Thank you. Thanks Dr. Kelly. Enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Love to all. Thank you guys. Lots of love. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the hit show, Lucid Planet Radio with renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff. Tune in as we illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. This hit show will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake up to the greatest version of yourself. Learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness as you explore the deeper knowledge, passion, and purpose within. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for upcoming show topics and to contact Dr. Kelly. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.